Listen up, you screwheads. You're listening to the Evil Dead Cast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Richard. And I'm Chris. And here we are, the final episode of Evil Dead Cast. Oh, final. The last <laughs> one. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Man, what if there was like a last minute reprieve and they decided to <laughs> renew Ash vs. Evil Dead for three more seasons? It could happen, cool. right? It could happen? <laughs> I don't think so. No, neither do I. But why not? Why not stay positive? I mean, there's probably a better chance of that happening than of any of us winning the lotto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, We're getting struck by lightning, yeah. yeah. If it did happen, it would feel like winning the lotto. <laughs> Which one <laughs> would I rather do? Well, yeah, well, if I won the lotto, I could finance the next season, maybe. That's very oh. true. <laughs> all right, so let's all start playing the lottery, guys. Yeah. And you know Everybody it's listening. bound to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, well, uh, I just want to let you guys listening know, uh, stick around to the end if you don't usually. We'll be saying our goodbyes and thank yous at the end. But for now, let's get into our Deadcast Top 3. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 3 in 5, 4, 3. All right, it's our top three highlights for Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 3, Episode 10, The Metal of Man. Uh, I'm going to start by saying I thought this episode was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Wow. That's pretty high praise. It was amazing. (laughs) I was just sitting there going, fucking hey, man, this is awesome, because it was so big and... uh, it had some good dramatic moments and it had funny moments and callbacks to the past. And then this like totally slingshot into this whole left turn different thing. I mean, I I don't know if I could have ever expected anything better for this final episode. I thought it was awesome. What about you guys? Yeah. Um, I thought, I thought it was bittersweet to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it was like 97% sweet. And like three percent bitter, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but on the one hand, you got you got it was on the one hand it was awesome to end with with just Ash in the final battle, but you know, like on the other hand, I missed having the ghost beaters there to back him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then there was there was the end. Of course, there was the ending with Ash uh, waking up in the future, which which effectively brings the last three seasons to a close for me. I thought, I thought it wrapped everything up pretty good, but on the bittersweet side of that, you know, now I want to see what happens with Ash in the future. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was an amazing episode, but it, 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 it's totally sucks that it was so good because it makes you want more, even more. Yeah. Uh. Well, I thought it was pretty awesome too, but I couldn't help but feeling feel a little like rich a little bittersweet about it all um slightly underwhelmed by parts of it i'll be honest with you guys which we'll we'll get into um um but i think you know some of my disappointment 
or or slight disappointment, I shouldn't overstate it, is maybe just because I feel like this whole awesome thing is is over now. Mm-hmm. And I had a bit of a hard time handling that. And so I need you guys to have, sort of help bring me back from the edge there a little bit. So I thought it was a, a great episode, but kind of kind of sad in a way. Yeah, well, I mean, like the last episode, I was thinking about it because I'm like, man, I feel really sad about this. And just, yeah. man, doing this podcast kind of prolongs it, to tell you the truth. But uh, <laughs> but I wouldn't want it <laughs> any bit. other way. But um, I'm like, is this like, is this normal? Like, God, just it's just a TV show. And then I realized... You know, like when Happy Days ended, that was my favorite show for years. And uh, it wasn't as good in the end. But like when Cheers, when that ended, which totally went out on a high note, I thought I felt really sad about that. I remember that. It was May 20th, 1992, because it was on my birthday. Just sitting there feeling like I got punched in the stomach, you know. I remember really being uh, sort of down at the end of Cheers, too. But but I can't say I have ever had a feeling like I did with the end of this show for some reason. Like I, I, well, like, I don't know. It's hard to even put into words exactly, but like, you know, when I, I was the biggest lost fan in the fan in the world and that ended. And I remember sort of being bummed that it was over, but I don't remember feeling like this. So maybe I just forgot or, or this is sort of the first time. I don't know. With lost in particular, I remember just bawling in that last episode yeah, it's really emotional, and I did feel. Yeah, I felt the same way. Now that you mention it, I remember having that same thought that I feel like I just broke up with a girlfriend. Now I'm not going to ever get <laughs> right. to see her again. <laughs> broke up with a TV show, man. How <laughs> yeah. lame are we? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, can't, are you sure we can't just keep going on for one more season? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Rich? Have you felt sad about a TV show ending? Um, I can say I'm glad I didn't watch Lost. You know, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, the, no, not, this is kind of a first for me. Uh, um, you know, with the podcast, uh, you really, uh, you really get into the show. You, yeah. you dissect it, you laugh, you cry with, along with the characters because you get to know them so well. So yeah, this is actually a first for me, but, but it hasn't, I don't think it's hit me yet because, uh, because uh, we're doing this now. It'll probably hit me next week when I'm wandering around the house going, was it, is there something I'm supposed to be doing here? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there something I'm supposed to watch or talk about? When you... When you go to watch episode 11, then you're going to re- remember that, oh, it's over. Oh, and shit. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll just do the podcast next week and pretend we saw an episode and we'll make it up together on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it great? Right when... <laughs> For the next 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very, oh. uh, art. it's like an art piece or something. Hey, if people are writing evil dead fan fiction maybe we could just talk about that for the next 10 years every friday (laughs) well right now let's talk about this episode what is your number three chris well i'm gonna start with the monster itself kandar the destroyer uh the monster was one of the things i really thought was amazing in this episode it was a super awesome monster it looked great i loved the the design of the thing, if you know what I mean, like all skinny and bony with these long arms and fingers that, that you wouldn't want to get anywhere near. And the thing was huge and it could breathe fire. And I sort of felt like it was a giant demonic skeleton dragon, which I thought was amazing. Um, uh, the, the only thing about it is 
maybe it at first I felt like maybe it was a little bit easy to kill because it just took the tiny dagger. But then I thought you did have to shoot it out of a tank and, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it, it really didn't bother me that much. So I, I just thought the monster Kandar the Destroyer was fantastic. The way it looked sort of reminded me of, uh, I don't know what about, but, but Army of Darkness just... It had uh, it looked I agree awesome, but it wasn't like big budget movie awesome. There was something a little B movie about it, but not in a way yep. that felt that took you took me out of it at all. I don't know. Right. I, I just can't really put my finger on it, but it was perfect. I thought. Yeah, it, it yeah, definitely it didn't look like cheap or or right. like a poor effect or something like that, right? But it had the aesthetic of a monster that you'd see in in a B movie. Yeah. And I think that's what you're getting at. Like it, it so. sort of felt like it sort of felt like it was in a movie like that, but it still looked amazing and it fit within the evil dead universe perfectly. I thought. Yeah. It's like an old King Kong or Godzilla. Yeah. You got your monster movie. Yeah. There totally. You go. It was awesome. <laughs> now we just need to get him in Pacific Rim. <laughs> Did you see the sequel? I, it's not getting good reviews. Yeah. I saw it. It sucked. It sucked. What about, uh, what about Rampage? I wanted to know if you saw Rampage last week or recently. Uh, I haven't no. seen that one yet. Oh, I, every, everybody over here is focused on the new one that came out today or yesterday. Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> I loved it. Already? It's been I, out for one day. I, I, I know. Nico and I went last night. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> I got I I to get there this weekend. Loved it. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Rich, what's your number three? My number three was Team Williams. I thought it was cool to see Ash and Brandy finally working as a team in the, in this last episode. I, I think it's what we all wanted to see because they were both happy. Ash was happy. Brandy was happy. Lots of hugs, lots of smiles. You haven't seen that for a while. I suppose, though, happy is probably a relative term when you're beheading deadites and fighting for your life. But they were happy. <laughs> and to drive home the point, Brandy and Ash, when they were down in the cellar, <laughs> they both killed their respective deadites by... By, you know, Brandy blowing up its head with the Kandarian dagger and then Ash wrapping the chain around the other one and beheading it. And then both of them at the same time getting a full face of blood. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And she goes, what the all, fuck? Yeah. yeah. They both had their mouths open, too. It was gross. <laughs> that was an awesome father-daughter moment. Yeah, the whole thing when they were down in the uh, when they were down in the uh, sewers, though, and they were fighting, too. I missed the chainsaw, though, I have to say. Missed the chainsaw. Oh, yeah. No chainsaw in this episode. It's too bad the chainsaw wasn't there. I, I was going to say that I thought there was a little too much of the sort of family bonding stuff before we got to the real action in this episode. But I do agree that a little, yeah. when they were when they were fighting down by the rift and, you know, they both got splattered at the same time, I really enjoyed that bit. Uh, so I, I'm with you there, at least. Yeah, you know, I thought I liked the family bonding, but I thought there was a little much of it, too. And also, um, I felt bad a little bit for Ray Santiago and Dana DeLorenzo because I think uh, the character of Brandy is great. And I think Ariel Carver O'Neill is is really cool. And so what are you going to do? It's a good storyline, too. But still, the the introduction of uh, Ash's daughter kind of diminishes the characters of Pablo and Carrie, uh, Kelly a little bit from where they were before in the series. And so they didn't get as big of an ending as they would have probably gotten if if Brandy hadn't come along, you know? And and we weren't right in the middle of this Ash and his daughter storyline. Yeah, 
I missed having him back in Ash Up. That was one of the the bitter moments. I totally agree with that. As much as I love Brandy, I think um, I think she did uh, not. They didn't quite leave enough room for Pablo and Kelly, who've been there from the beginning. Yeah, and, but and they sort of replaced their bits with Brandy a little bit. But, but it, it was good to see Kelly being Kelly again. Like my favorite was when she wakes up. Oh, I'm back alive and looks in the mirror and sees herself all dead. What the actual fuck me? I look like <laughs> Keith Richards. <laughs> and then yeah, she's like machine, machine gunning that soldier in the face. <laughs> fuck you. So that was good. <laughs> and Pablo's like, yep, now there's two of them. <laughs> right. And then Pablo and Kelly are both helping people in the chaos and they're being their hero self. So they did give them a little bit to do, but it would have been nice. Maybe if the if they could have made this an hour long, they could have had more of them. I also wanted to touch on, uh, I think, Chris, you mentioned killing the creature with the little dagger. And yeah. uh, it's interesting that it's a Kendarian dagger. And it, it was found in the castle candor by professor nobi and this dagger has actually proved very important in the series over the years it's it killed annie nobi via ash's demon severed hand it killed ruby when she first died it killed then it killed kelly and ash and brandy who all came back and then it's here it's helping brandy fight the deadites i'm sure there's other things that i'm not thinking of but but I also wonder since this uh, demon is called, what is it? Kandar the destroyer, right? So yep, yeah. if it's a Kandarian dagger from the castle Kandar and this demon is Kandar the destroyer, then I wonder if like the castle is named after the demon. And there's, it just makes me feel like there's a lot of story. We really don't even know where this dagger came from. All we know is that it was found with the Necronomicon and the handles made from human bone. And it seems to kill deadites pretty easily. That's all we know, right? Yeah. See, there's I, so much backstory here we could get into <laughs> if if there was another show or more show or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I, maybe that's where they were headed. <laughs> right. You never know. But they keep that thing around, that's for sure. Well, but that's not my number three. My number three is just the big and scary moments in this. Uh, we already talked about the demon. I loved also the jets flying in and the sound that their fire was making. It was like... <laughs> Yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. And the tanks and soldiers and just people screaming. And then also, yeah, the deadites have gone global. It was cool to see the news reports. And I liked you see the evil coming up and it attacks the one guy in the street. And uh, you just see the reactions of Ash and everybody. Oh, but then the camera turns right to it and you see the guy his body contorting and twisting and then he's turned into a dead eye. And it seemed like we got a little more than usual that we see when the evil gets somebody like that. I don't know. And then it happened again later with the soldier, which I thought was really great and also horrible that it gets this soldier and he immediately just starts gunning down all of his fellow soldiers. That yeah. was creepy. That Pretty was horrific. Scary. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you make a, a really good point about watching the evil get into somebody because that happens kind of all the time. But every, I realized in this episode, and I don't know if this has been the case since the beginning, but every time we saw it in this episode, we immediately cut to people's reaction of it. And they always are cringing or kind of squinting or looking away a little bit. And it, I think it just adds to the effect yeah. a bit, right, of yeah. of 
trying to imagine what it looks like when the evil like rushes up on someone and is suddenly in them and turns them into a yeah. dead eye. And I, I think, think they did too, it's that. like kind of related to what we were talking about last week with the whole scene with Brandy in the shed slash garage where, or before that in the house where when you hear the sounds, but you don't quite see it yet, you get a sense that the characters are still filled with this dread that just comes with having it nearby. And I think yeah. there's some of that too. Yeah, a hundred percent. I, I, you know, we, you never, you, you see the evil's effect on people and when it gets in them and now we're seeing it, now we're seeing people reacting to it and it seemed to happen so fast with the soldier and with the, the police officer and the road and just the chaos of it all came across really well too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? People reacting is popular. It was like my kids watch that channel on YouTube all the time. It's crazy. Yeah. YouTube's filled with just people reacting to like a TV show or something. Yeah. So you sit there and Old watch people somebody react. watch a TV show. I guess we're, it's kind of what we're doing. <laughs> in a way but yeah i thought the deadites were pretty creepy in this down in the sewer i liked you know there was just one and then all of a sudden there were a whole bunch and then there were some above them and they were creeping their way down into the basement and the rift looked great so i don't know i was just like sometimes well i guess on the in this show usually they do a pretty good job of presenting everything in such a dark way that it's effective, but this episode I thought was particularly effective with all the effects and the horror and the scariness. Yeah. You put the last episode and this episode together, you'd, you'd have a good hour that plays just like a feature film. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting idea. Actually. I wonder, I feel like maybe if they could have done that, put the last two together, recut a little bit to balance out the sort of family emotional stuff a little more, you could have had a really solid hour long finale mm -hmm. yeah this one Even picked up so. exactly where the last one left off yeah that's right i think uh they did that at the end of the first season two in the cabin i think the last three were in the cabin and it felt like that could have been a movie mm -hmm. well more movies <laughs> <laughs> that's the upshot okay chris yeah. what's your two uh okay so my number two is possibly a, a big one um but this this is about the the supporting characters, and I, I mean Kelly, Pab Pablo, and Brandy, and I don't really think I can call them supporting characters because they aren't really, they're part of the main cast. But, um, and this is where I felt a little bit uh, disappointed in things slightly. So we've, we've touched on it already, but I feel like Kelly and Pablo didn't get as satisfying an ending as I wanted for these characters that have been there since the very beginning. Um, you know, as, as we know, Ash puts them in the military truck, he closes the door and, you know, they do have a little moment, a very quick moment with each of them, but then they just drive off and they're done and they're gone and they've disappeared from the episode. And I felt a little bit sort of underwhelmed by that because it didn't feel like a satisfying ending. Now, um, with Kelly, uh, her whole rescue to me felt a little anticlimactic. They kind of just bring her body. Pablo jumps in, he jumps out and then she's alive again. And I know they didn't want to spend too much time on that because we've already kind of seen people be rescued from the Deadlands. but it did feel like, you know, they spent all this time getting there and it seemed like it was a big deal that Kelly was stuck in there. And then it was super easy to just bring her out mm -hmm. while Ash and uh, Brandy fought 
the deadites in the basement. It felt a little so rushed, yeah. It was a, it was a little mm-hmm. rushed. Um, but like you said, Jason, they did give Kelly sort of the badass hero stuff with the machine gun um, at the end, and I enjoyed watching that, so that was okay. When it comes to Pablo, I felt like his Brujo Especial power was a little bit wasted. Like, the whole point of it seemed to be so that he could walk through the town with Kelly's body without being uh, detected by the Deadites or attacked by the Deadites or any of the demons. So, to me, I was sort of like, well, it seemed like an awful lot of buildup for for this power of his um i'm i to be honest i appreciated his ability to talk through the book a lot more than i did sort of what we got in this episode so well, i was a little bit that's not a little all bit his power though he also opens the rift and and he can go into the rift yeah no i i i suppose you're right but in in the context of this episode i felt like i i, I think he needed something a little bit bigger and more heroic to do and uh it just wasn't there for me. Huh. And then they added that bit with him rescuing the the little girl uh, who like, am I, have we seen her before? Is she anybody or is she just a random little kid? Some random yeah. kid, not worth rescuing probably. Well, I'm not saying not worth rescuing, <laughs> but I'm saying like, it felt like it was, <laughs> it felt like it was tacked on. So we would feel like Pablo was doing something yeah. important. Same with Kelly saving that soldier a little bit. Yeah, I guess so, but I don't know. For some reason, I didn't mind that as much. Yeah, it was a little more organic because she he just turned into a dead-eyed and uh, or the one next to him. I mean, and she, yeah, yeah. So that was a little more organic, I would say, not just because it's Kelly. <laughs> right, that's true. Um, so, so I was a little, you know, I didn't think Pablo quite got the the big ending we hoped for for him, and then with Brandy. For me, she got the most satisfying ending of everyone, um, and a big part of that, for in the way I saw it, is that they were they really went out of their way in the last couple of episodes to make her uh, more and more like Ash, give her that sort of personality, and uh, you know, as as we mentioned, there's that scene where uh, Pablo says, "Yep, there's two of them now," so they basically like put it right out in front of us, um, mm. and. And the way, and when Ash gave her the the necklace, and she had more, she actually had some lines when Ash was saying goodbye, you know, in the truck, whereas the other two really didn't. And so her ending felt the most satisfying to me. But overall, as a whole, I kind of felt like all of those characters um, were just sort of put in a truck and drove away, and that was that. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I think if it, they, you know. They made this so that it could be a capper to the series, and I think they did a pretty good job. But I, I think if they really knew for sure that it was going to be the capper to the series, then maybe they would have given Kelly and Pablo more of what felt like an ending. I, I'm sure they would have. You know, They would have given the whole thing like a definitive ending versus, well, this could be an ending, but there's also a clear you know, continuation too. Yeah, and and I think if we knew it was coming back for another season, I I don't think any of these things would have bothered me at all because, you know, they can drive away and be saved and we don't see them for the rest of the episode and that's okay. Um, But not, but knowing that this is it, 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 you're right. It felt like they were a little bit playing it safe here, um, but, uh, but they should have just gone, gone for it, I think, and, and really 
sold this as a as an ending to the whole series and and to the characters so um you know but with with brandy um i do wish though that since they're making her more like ash i want a brandy show to be honest with you because i feel like she could become the new ash and uh and just carry carry it uh carry a show i don't think we'll ever see it but it's you know it's one of my dreams yeah it yeah. It, it feels like they were grooming her to do that like maybe bruce campbell thought well we'll go another season but even after that if i feel like retiring it maybe i can hand it over exactly sure. fans were already speculating something to that effect right or he could if they keep going he could play like he could be in less of it in mm-hmm. a way like do you remember Batman i don't Beyond. know or X-Files when, when Mulder stepped away. I mean, X-Files wasn't great after that, but yeah. Mulder left and he wasn't in it much and they brought in some new characters. I'm not saying that's the model to follow exactly, <laughs> but that's kind of the idea, you know, the main character's <laughs> gone and they bring in someone new to fill that, fill that hole. Uh, anyways, um, that was it. Just how I, I sort of was a little underwhelmed by the ending for our favorite characters. And uh, it's kind of too bad, but at the same time, it's it's it was still awesome and fun to watch yeah i uh when you were going through your number two i was reading my number two and we're almost exactly uh this we touched on almost exactly the same uh things except mine was reversed i'm gonna do the (laughs) sweet version of it now okay (laughs) so i had kind of the the same feelings as chris did but uh knowing myself and how that would kind of put me down. I try and avoid those kind of feelings. So I'm going to do the, the wussy thing and wrap up the sweet side of it all. See, <laughs> so I was going to read what I got. So I got Brandy. Now I was pretty satisfied overall with her character. She's now like a full partner in the ghost beaters, right? Full fledged. We just talked about how she could take over the show. Kelly. I thought, you know, her, uh, Pablo saving Kelly was cool. She's back. Which was which was just about good enough for me. I'm like, okay, we expected her to come back. She came back. She can even walk, even though she broke her leg. So that's cool. <laughs> and she still got her little bursts of rage, which I found cute. So that was nice. And we got uh, the Knights of Samaria. They were actually in it, and they played a key role this time, and finally did something worthwhile. So I was satisfied <laughs> with that. The sheriff, um, the asshole sheriff that was in the last couple episodes, he gets possessed. And then, I don't know if you guys caught it, but he got killed by Kelly. He was one of the people she gunned down at the end there. Right. Yeah, you're, I did see that. Yeah. And then Pablo, you know, he saves the little girl. Uh, not really sure what that was all about, but in my mind, to put that sweet spin on it, I kind of think that maybe that little girl has a future role with the Ghost Beaters. You know, maybe if that was something they were going to head towards in the next series, I'm not sure. Uh, and finally, we have... Pablo and Kelly kissing. Oh, that's what we all wanted to see. They have a nice kiss, maybe hopefully leading into some kind of, you know, stimulating morbid <laughs> sexual relationship that involves killing deadites for foreplay. I don't know. <laughs> I'm filling in some stuff here, okay, but I'm trying to make it sweet. So overall, I was pretty satisfied. I enjoyed the kiss too. I totally agree with you. But my favorite part was Ash and Brandy's reaction to it. Yeah, she yeah. kind of shied away. She and he was making head. this ridiculous face <laughs> oh, like, all yeah. right. <laughs> oh, my God, they're kissing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and it was nice too. Yeah, because he kissed her, and then she she said hi or something like that. So <laughs> she was into it. <laughs> Pablo, see, Pablo finally got the girl. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. And Rich, I do appreciate you being Mr. Positive on this because uh, there's certainly lots of good to take away from it. And it makes me feel happier that uh, that there just is that positivity there. Thanks. Okay, my turn. Um, I, uh, I One of the things I really liked about this was that how shaken Ash is and we've seen him like this before in the movies in the show i'm we have some but not as much he he kind of knows how to handle the threats in in the show and he he's creeped out by stuff but he's really just like cowardly and ashamed here and the way that bruce campbell plays it i love it so here's a couple of times this is i'm going to play a couple clips this is when they first he steps out of the alley <laughs> and he sees the big demon foot, you know, right next to him, and he looks up, and it, here it goes. He's right. Ash is a demon killer. So go. Go kill a demon. Yes, I do kill demons, but that... That thing is bullshit, man. No way. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. That's a pretty natural reaction, I think. <laughs> yeah. Look on his face like, fuck you, dude. Get out of here. <laughs> it's it's not the best delivery of the line bullshit I've ever heard, but it's pretty close. It's pretty close. <laughs> and then later when uh, they get back home and uh, he's like saying, uh, you know, I, I – uh, no, oh, great. I've doomed humanity when they see that it's on the TV, that it's everywhere. And I thought, is he talking about just because none of this would be happening if he hadn't read from the book again? Is that why? Maybe. In the uh, I think so. Yeah. He, he kind of feels responsible for a lot of this yeah. because he let it out. And always <laughs> been around him. Stoned so. and, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyways, then um, he sits down in his chair and he says this. Yeah. Well, you know what? Not like I didn't tell him. Pablo, how many times you heard me say this, huh? Why me? Who am I? Nobody. Nobody. Guy from Elk Grove, Michigan. Where the fuck is that? The middle of jack shit nowhere, that's where. You know what? I got news for you. I didn't ask for this. You think I want this horse shit? Be covered in blood 24-7? Who the fuck would want that? <laughs> Savior my ass. I'm a, a goddamn failure. Don't say that. Hippie, we're still in this. Yeah. <laughs> we got Kelly's body. We need to save her. Yeah, why? So she can die with the rest of us? So she can die with the rest of the human race? <laughs> Enough. <laughs> That's it. That was good because when he says he's a failure, it goes from being kind of funny to being like, oh, right? Oh, yeah, it does. Like, it's. Oh. I, um... The, the, when he says a goddamn failure is the, the moment in that monologue that sort of, that stuck out for me because it's, it's Ash having a serious moment of doubt, right? He, he doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to take any responsibility. And he just, it's almost like his, he suddenly sees that his whole life has come to this and he, he can't act 
at, at least not yet anyways <laughs> um and you're right it was it was kind of depressing to hear him say that mm-hmm. i thought but it was moving yeah. to me but it, but it was moving yeah it was moving um and and i did uh, you know the next bit where brandy knocks the beer out of his hand and gives this great emotional speech about not letting her down it's kind of what brings him back and she says we're going to show the world what a williams can do and then suddenly ash is back on board and after the you know it was all yeah well there was that too but i i (laughs) the emotions were all over the place with the characters and i think with the viewers or Mm -hmm. you know they will be so yeah i had it stuff little bit of an issue with uh, Brandy's go get him speech but I think it's just it's a personal pet peeve in my opinion I think that like like okay when I'm contemplating like the supernatural reasons to justify you know to justify my fate in the cosmos I hate it when whoever I'm talking to says well that's just the way it is that's just because <laughs> it really contributes nothing in the conversation like when Brandy said to Ash I I don't know why evil chose you, but it did. So man up or whatever she said. I didn't really buy that, but you know, that was a personal pet peeve thing. Geez, that sounds pretty pretentious, doesn't it? Maybe you can edit all this out, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is that we don't, we still don't really know why, uh, Ash is, is the chosen one or whatever. And Pablo says, um, this is it, Ash. Everything that's been foretold, the Necronomicon, your destiny, it all comes down to this moment. It's the final test, Hefe. And then, you know, I, even in Army of Darkness, they thought he was, it was foretold in prophecy, he was the one who shall deliver mankind from the terror of the Deadites. And then in the future, this android girl calls him, uh, what did she call him? The Savior. And mm-hmm. I was like, I remember, you know, in Evil Dead 2, you see Ash in the book with his chainsaw and then he went back in time and i always just kind of thought okay so he's not really the chosen one he went back in time and then they wrote him into the book but then that's not true because in army of darkness the necronomicon already existed and i guess he was already in it even then right i don't know but um i guess my point is we still don't really know why he's the chosen one except that he's the protagonist of this of this series right and that clip that you played i kind of found it more of like a confession really than anything else because they just watched the tv which said it had spread globally and that confused me a little bit because that means that ash did fail right i mean he's the chosen one he can't yeah how's he supposed to stop all that i think he was supposed to rather prevent it from happening in the first place (laughs) Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of it like that. I was sort of thinking along the lines that Elk Grove was the epicenter of it all, and if he could kill Kandar the Destroyer, then maybe everything else would just kind of fall after that. But uh, yeah, maybe not. Maybe maybe he was supposed to prevent it altogether, and he mm-hmm. failed. Yeah, because he killed that big giant demon but there's deadites all over the world and we see at some point in the future it's post-apocalyptic uh-huh. and there's yeah. the dark ones are on the move and also the dark ones are on the move in the current time right like they they we didn't right i don't remember what happened last episode but i think they're still at large and we didn't see yeah yeah and ash is just gone for several years while they're doing whatever so apparently mankind still was able to progress because they have this like futuristic robot chick and this car with these 
you know, engines that look like they're from the Millennium Falcon or whatever in the back. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, I think, yes, he killed the giant demon, but there was a lot of shit that was still happening that was bad. <laughs> yeah. Lots. That's very true. Lots. I don't, yeah. I don't, and I don't feel like there was, there would have been anything he could do about it after that. Well, um, maybe if he was a better man, he could have done, done well, his job. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Yeah, just, or if he had a thousand of those daggers. If he had never read from that book, that damn book. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that's the whole thing. Uh, is it my, oh, I'm still in the middle of it. So just, I was talking about how emotional and dramatic this episode was and other parts are when, yeah, he, he's going, he goes, okay, fine. I will go do my thing. And, or even when he told his, his, uh, Brandy not to take after him and, and take his bad habits. I thought that was kind of cool. Like she wanted to smoke from the bong too. And he's just being good father. And then he wants to go fight and she wants to come with him. And he's like, you're my daughter. You're a part of me. That was just really earnest. And uh, later she's says, you know, Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't get to know your story after this. I want you to tell me. And the way he's even just one word, he just said deal. It wasn't Kurt. It was like, yeah. Okay. Good. Good. We'll do that. I don't know. I'm just saying it just felt more um, sincere. I guess a lot of this. Yeah felt more sincere it cemented their their it cemented team williams together mm-hmm. yeah I, I think one of the m- most incredible things they did with ash in this whole third season was the the relationship with his d- daughter and the sincerity to it and the emotion to it that's again i think i've said before who would have thought they would be able to do that with a character like ash but yeah they pulled it off yeah i was afraid ash wouldn't be as funny with that but it turned out he's even funnier i mean there were less jokes but just stuff about him trying to be a good dad and throwing in this really inappropriate stuff because he doesn't know any better Mm -hmm. or uh i thought it was just just as funny yeah it really worked up his facial expressions too (laughs) (laughs) okay uh let's see chris number one okay well my number one is the final scene um, I have so many questions about it and I, it just makes me wish so hard that there was, <laughs> there was more coming because, you know, Ash wakes up in this unknown location. He's been, he's in this box, this orange box. I want to know how far in the future is this? Uh, it must be pretty far because we have a woman who's like half cyborg and I'm pretty sure you can't do that these days. Um, so it just felt like such a, such a tease of things to come. And part of me was so disappointed that we're never going to see that. Um, and she even said, you know, when they get in the car, I'll explain while we drive. And I thought to myself, oh my God, this is a conversation I want to watch more than anything I've ever (laughs) wanted to watch in my life. (laughs) And, and I, I started trying, I started playing it out in my head and, and I thought, all right, what if, all they needed was another 60 seconds in this episode and Ash and this woman are driving and she gives him like a 60 second Cole's notes on what, when, how, all of the things that got them to where they are right that at that moment. And then she, she finishes telling him whatever it is with the same question she asked him at the end of this episode, how do you feel? And then Ash can answer the same way, but he's doing it while they're like driving up across the the apocalyptic landscape instead of just sitting in the garage. I'm like, 
that's all it would have taken and i would have felt so much more satisfied um, i don't know uh, I, I think you'd want I, it even more after that yeah i, I, I think I it's might, better to leave him leave it a mystery well look i am a big proponent of the concept of leave them wanting more right yeah. you, you go to a rock and roll but, show but and they're the not gonna get any more well i guess yeah well, leave people wanting more because they'll come back, right? If a band only plays for 30 minutes, but it's the best 30-minute set of music you've ever seen, you're going to walk away happy. And I am I did walk away happy from this, but part of me was just like, oh, my God, this, like, <laughs> I want to see this show so bad. And yeah. um, I just have so many questions about what the hell's going on here that I'm never getting the answers to. So when I watched it through a second and a third time, um, I I feel like... Uh, I feel like I, I almost loved and hated this final scene all at the same time, even more. So, you know, as amazing as it was, it kind of just made me feel a little bit frustrated. And I don't know if I'll ever fully be able to come down on one side or the other on this one. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's an okay thing. Maybe that kind of reaction is, is good because I'll never forget it. That's for sure. Right. It's like when you go to a strip club and you don't, you, you just leave frustrated because you don't get everything you wanted. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, you leave it's with more right, than you went in with. Yeah. It's all right there in front of you, but you just can't have any of it. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And then you have to go home and cry. And then you have to go home. <laughs> you are beautiful uh, wives. And I, and on that note, I think this, and oh, by the way, if I was, um, your other co-host, Jason, I th- from Talking Dead, I think I would point out that she's not half cyborg. She's all cyborg. Well, wait mm-hmm. a minute. What's the definition of cyborg? Someone who's Question part mark? robot. Part robot, right? Yeah. I guess she is a cyborg. You're right. right. <laughs> I guess if you're half cyborg, you might just be robot. I don't think there's any such thing as yeah okay I get it, <laughs> but uh, anyways she I think she's the hottest whatever we've ever seen on this show in my opinion she was Hell all yeah. human um, from the top half and a uh, <laughs> little more robot in the bottom <laughs> yep she had it where it counted <laughs> parts of her were all human right? <laughs> sorry they left the best parts there. <laughs> all right rich what was your top thing yeah my number one was the same the ending uh so chris summed it up well kind of like uh ditto <laughs> a couple of things i wrote down was uh um did <laughs> he cracked me up to to kill the the giant you know monster boss in the monster boss fight there where, where the ending for me started you know he he uses <laughs> duct tape to tape the Kandarian yeah. dagger to the that shell. Save the world. <laughs> like, Woo! Add securing Kandarian dagger to shell casing to kill a sixty foot demon to its list of uses, right? <laughs> then we're then we're and then we're in the future and Ash is all cleaned up. Uh, he's looking pretty darn good. I love the the gray streak in his hair now. A little call back to the movies. What was that? Yeah, I didn't get it. I forgot. It seemed familiar. You get you know when you get really scared, you get a little gray streak. Oh, uh. Okay. It was a callback to hair Rogue, Rogue from the X Men. Remember, she has a gray thing or whatever through her hair. That's what I thought of. Yeah, meaningless. And I then, know. Uh, then we had the 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 Delta eighty eight was back. That was cool. I brought a all smile of Mad on my Max. Face. It was badass, man. It had all the armor and guns on it. it. Had a supercharger up front, and then just for good measure, a rocket turbine on the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I didn't then, mention yeah, the car. I read some comments about the cyborg too. I was like, he's not going to be complaining about his new friend there. She got some nice hooters. <laughs> he says, he says, he says, okay, what's going on? Where's my daughter? And she says, I'll explain to you uh, while we drive. The dark ones are on the move. And then the best part of all was the end. We get the classic Ash line, groovy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You do a pretty good groovy there, Rich. But uh, I didn't mention the car in all of it. And I do think it was awesome. It was super fun to see the whole, the, the Mad Max version of the mm-hmm. car. That was yeah. pretty great. That's a trip, too. It was like it was in the very original movie. And now it's in the last scene of the mm-hmm. very end of the series. Yep. I wonder how I, I think Bruce Cam- I think I read Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi were like planning out the story for season four in case they got to do it. And with the budget of a show like this, I wonder what kind of things they would have done. I mean, maybe it would have been a lot of just scorched out and, you know, w- wasteland kind of th- stuff. Mm, yeah. I thought go about shoot, that. Yeah. Go shoot in the desert or something. And, you know, I wonder if they would have been able to continue shooting it in New Zealand. Yeah. Is there a desert mm. in New Zealand? There probably something yeah, they could use. I'm sure, yeah. And then I'm and there could have always been returning back to the present time too at some point. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they tease this and then he wakes up and he's still in Elk Grove and everything's fine. <laughs> I mean, like I didn't really understand what happened. So he killed the the demon, Kandar, and it fell down on the tank dead and then he was in a daze and whispering people dragged him away and you can see one of them had a knights of samaria ring on and then they put him in a case and then next thing you know he wakes up in this futuristic uh look like suspended animation chamber and yeah that's it you got so, it <laughs> so yeah but why like why did that happen oh here i'll tell you what i think happened yeah. I think they were hiding him because the dark ones were on the prowl looking for him. So they had to hide him until they could have, uh, you know, uh, uh, to recharge, uh, you know, to recharge and regroup and then bring him back. And then maybe right. he got lost or something because it was pretty far in the future. But yeah, that, I think that's a great theory. They were hiding him away for some reason. Yeah, they were they were keeping him there. And I think they woke him up. He didn't just like wake up randomly one day. They've been hiding him. And now is the time to bring him back because he's got something important to do. To add. All right. Yep. We'll say that. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> it's settled then. <laughs> okay. My number one is nods to the past. And there were a lot. And, and I'm really happy just looking over it this whole season that even though they changed showrunners and I think probably changed some writers that they still paid respect to the beginnings of the series in a little ways like when he looked at pablo and said you're el jefe now it's just you know pablo's called him that the whole time and by the way that was a little confusing he caught he tells kelly these people are going to need someone to lead them and that's you and then he says you're el jefe now which also means leader <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i was a little confused yeah. about that too I, I just sort of feel like maybe ash doesn't realize that yeah <laughs> he yeah. was high he was I think high. he doesn't realize it <clears throat> but then uh he referenced uh wrestling he said oh you're oh, who are they talking about <laughs> yeah. it's like kane kane yeah <laughs> wrestlers half good half bad come on keep up and that's what i thought that's yeah and i love that they connected on that because in the pilot pablo had said to ash in the um you know 
convenience store or whatever. Hey, oh man, why don't you come over some Monday Night Raw, which is a WWE thing. So it feels like something that they used to do together before the demons yeah. came. Uh, the big bald, well, not big, but this first bald deadite spreading his arms out and rising up. And then he goes, dead by dawn, dead by dawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a blast from the past. Uh, the necklace that he gave to Brandy to keep her safe was from Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 that he gave to his girlfriend, Linda. And right. he used it to grab the Necronomicon at one point. But also he like looked at it as when he got possessed one of the couple of times that Ash got turned into a dead eye, it looked like. And he was like, oh, like kind of sad looking at it. And it, the thought of her brought brought him back. So it's like there's yeah. some power in that necklace. That was cool. Yeah, I thought the I thought the necklace was a really nice touch. Actually, this because it's been around since the beginning, and it's actually played a small part in in all this stuff. And then yeah. handed off to his daughter was a really nice nice bit. Thing I remember most about the necklace was in the movies. Remember when they found it on the ground and he picked it up? It was in the shape of a skull. That was cool. I don't remember. No, neither yeah, do I. That, that, that sounds was, cool. Yeah, that was back in the movie. And then the last is at the very end, they bring back the song Space Truck In, which was from the pilot too, and also the intro to this podcast. Yep. So yeah. That was cool. And it's more appropriate because it sounds kind of futuristic. Everybody thinks uh, Smoke on the Water is the best song that Deep Purple ever did, but it's that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. What about notes? Cool. I liked it when he got he jumped into the tank and he's looking around. He's like, All right, how do I drive this thing right? He's like, Oh, it's just like the arcade game Battle Zone. That was like <laughs> yeah. from nineteen eighty. <laughs> that's a great reference. That was a good well, game. That's his, yeah, and it's his time frame, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. I, I thought calling I remember that game. I thought calling Kandar a bag of assholes was a pretty good insult. And then I flipping him off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when he re- then the face he makes at the end after giving him the finger when he realizes that, you know, yeah. it's coming right for him was pretty funny. Oh, 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 oh. I, I like, yeah, even in the tank too, when it grabs him and it's, it's, he's all going upside or then, yeah, he looks through the um, viewfinder and he does the yeah. same thing. Oh, <laughs> it's like, he's constantly surprised at what he's seeing, you know? <laughs> That he causes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One time when uh, Brandy's like, Dad, what are we going to do? How are we going to fight this thing? Ash says, maybe it'll just go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys see the at the beginning where they were all in the alleyway? And the sheriff runs out there and he gets possessed. <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit, we got to get out of here. And they all run off and they left the poor guy that's in the wheelchair there by himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that. Oh, my God. The, he, got, yeah, the opening, he got the splash screen for the beginning there. That's right. That's right. I didn't think of that either. But that's that's terrible when you think about it. They that's run horrible. away and the poor guy's left there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Or Actually. Some chosen one. Huh? I mentioned when Ash came out of the alley and saw the demon above him, but I forgot. The first thing he said was, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Like, as if. <laughs> I got I cracked a smile when, um, after all the emotion and Brandy's speech, Ash was like, all right. 
let's do this. And then he tried to get out of the chair. <laughs> His back yeah. creaks. He needed help getting out of the chair. And there was some like heavy music. Duh, and it looked like I thought, did he get like stabbed in the spine or something? And no, he just has to be helped up a little and not even that much. Just, just a little. Yeah. I, I I thought that was going to be a thing in the episode. Like he hurt his back and now he's even more hobbled and he won't be able to fight the thing as well, but it was just played for a joke. It's another old a joke about him being old. Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, Jason, I think you mentioned it or one of you did just when Kelly is like point blank shooting the deadite soldier in the face. Uh, I just liked how basically there was nothing left of his head at that point, And she's just screaming <laughs> yeah. and shooting straight at him. That was a fun scene. That's how she is. Yeah. When he when he points at his hand, he's saying, I'm from nowhere in the middle of Elk Grove, Michigan. That's because Michigan's kind of shaped like a hand. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. I feel the same way about my town, for the record. <laughs> you know, I made a note here, too, that they don't do many wardrobe changes in this show. Everyone was wearing the same thing they did, like, four episodes yeah, ago. Brandy's Brandy has been wearing that prom dress prom for dress. half the season now <laughs> and it's getting more and more tattered too which was cool kelly has that kind of lacy evil chick outfit on right yeah <laughs> ash has had the same outfit on for 30 years <laughs> <laughs> anything else more of a uniform than an outfit i'd yeah. say yeah <laughs> superhero yeah i think that does it for me yeah me too all right that wraps our coverage of the last episode. Let's take a little break. There is more to come. Stay with us. Don't you forget about me. Don't, 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 don't you forget about me. But you won't come by. Where you come All right, it's time for some Evil Dead news, and there's not too much because really all the news is about the show being canceled, but um, what I've got here is that Bruce Campbell, you know, shortly after the news came out that the show was canceled, he made an official statement that he is retiring from playing Ash, and we kind of knew this was coming already, but Bruce has now made it official. And uh, here's his statement. I'm going to read the whole thing. It's a couple of paragraphs, but if you haven't seen it, you need to hear it. So Bruce wrote, good people, evil dead fans everywhere. I bid you a heartfelt farewell playing Ash, the character I took acting lessons with for 39 years. I'm hereby retiring from that portrayal. It's time. I followed Ash from his formative years through his midlife crisis and decline. What a thrill. What a privilege. We had a great resurgence with the help of stars. Kudos, not jeers, folks. They made it possible for 15 more hours of evil deadness in your life. The equivalent of 10 more features. Is Ash dead? Never. Ash is as much a concept as a person. Where there is evil in this world, there must be one to counter. Man or woman, it matters not. Thanks for watching. Love, Bruce. So that's pretty nice. And, uh, you know... He obviously loved playing Ash, and he obviously loved doing it again with on stars. I mean, and that last bit about when there's evil in the world, there must be one to counter, man or woman. 
it makes me feel like Brandy could have taken this up and become mm. the next Ash. Uh, it also reminded me, of course, of the movie um, with a female lead character from five years ago. But mm-hmm. it just proves that this is a this is a franchise and a story and a character that probably could live on if they really wanted wanted it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and that you know. movie Fede Alvarez did ha- really had a good uh, Evil Dead aesthetic, and it makes me hopeful that they'll continue some this on in some way somehow. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what Bruce so. is saying. It doesn't have to be Ash. It doesn't have to be him as Ash, but they could they can do something. So mm-hmm. yeah. he uh he's been like yeah, saying on Twitter, um, retiring guys, thank you. But somebody started a petition to keep it going and he's like, I appreciate it. But and he uses half hashtag other fish to fry or something like mm. that. Uh yeah, it was time <laughs> time to fry some other fish is what it was. Okay, yeah. Um Bloody Disgusting, <clears throat> they published an article titled how can or here's how you can let Netflix know you want them to pick up Ash versus Evil Dead, and uh, they point out that Netflix has a title request page where I guess you can go and fill out a form and make a suggestion for a show for them to to start or to buy and put on Netflix. Um, so yeah, I guess we could do that if we wanted to. But they also make an interesting claim in the article that. Uh, Season one and two of Ash versus Evil Dead has been watched, quote, a lot, end quote, on Netflix. They mm-hmm. don't give a source on that, but they seem to know that it's been, or claim anyways, that it's been watched a lot. Well, so. we haven't had a real urgent call to action, I don't think, ever on this podcast, but I'm going to say I, I'm going to go find that page and put it the URL in the show notes. And I would love it if everybody that can hear me right now would go do that just for the hell of it. You know, like I feel like Bruce Campbell right now is kind of like a political, uh, uh, someone who people want to run for president and he, he's saying, no, 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 <laughs> he just needs enough people to, yeah. to do it. So why not? Let's, let's all mm-hmm. throw it up there and see if anything happens. Sure. It could what do we got to lose? Yeah. What do we exactly? Nothing to lose. And if if it doesn't mean Ash versus Evil Dead comes back, it might just convince them that there's enough interest for something. Mm-hmm. And as we were just saying, it could be anything. We'll see. Um, but this whole a response to this was sort of the first mention that Bruce had that uh, he was retiring because once this article went up, he tweeted out a response. Big props to the fans for the effort, but I'm retired as Ash. And that's where he put the time to fry some other fish mm-hmm. hashtags. So that's kind of where the retirement news came out originally. And then he put out that other statement I read. So he's retired, at least for now. <laughs> um, Dana was interviewed, a uh, pretty extensive interview. Uh, I came across this on channel3000.com. And again, we can post a link. There's plenty of stuff in this uh, interview about her well, obviously on the show, but also going to conventions and her childhood and her parents and the other roles she's played. So it's a pretty long interview, but a couple of quotes here just regarding Ash versus Evil Dead in general and and the cancellation. She said, I think everyone involved in making this show mentally prepared that every season could be our last. There's a lot of competition out there, more so than ever. And in this era of television, the longevity of any show is especially unpredictable. I think we all treated every episode and every season as our last, but in the best way. I can only speak for myself, but whenever an episode or scene was particularly epic 
like the colon fight in season two, it was hard to imagine how it could ever be matched, let alone topped. But I think we pushed ourselves to a new level every season, and I believe that's a result of treating each one as if it was our last. So mm. they put they put it all into everything uh, everything they did. It sounds like, and then just regarding the possibility of characters dying on the show, she said it was all made very clear to us before we started shooting when we were told. Just so you guys know, you won't know ahead of time if your character's going to die. You're going to have to find out with everybody else, and none of you are safe. Hmm. <laughs> so, there wasn't a lot of character death on the show in the end, but it sounds like they were told to expect it at some hmm. point. Interesting. That's kind of mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. I wonder, because, you know, I came to the show a huge Walking Dead fan, having gotten used to that show for years where they would kill off m main characters a lot, or prominent characters, and... uh so I was kind of looking at it through that lens thinking, okay, uh, either Pablo or Kelly could, could die and that's, that's okay. Cause it's a horror show. But as the show went along, I realized that eh, it's more of a comedy and you know, I feel attached to the characters and I think it would actually be bad for the show to kill them off. And I kind of wonder if the writers maybe went through that same journey too, if they maybe thought mm -hmm. when they first started it, that, that, that they might die off and then realize that no, it would hurt the show to do that. Yeah, I 100% yeah. agree with that. I sort of went in thinking the same thing, but it didn't take me very long to realize that I don't think this is a show where characters are going to die. Or if they do, there's a good chance they're going to come back. So, yeah. You know, even <laughs> even the best shows in the world take uh, take a little while, as, as, as little as a few episodes or sometimes a couple of seasons, seasons to, yeah. to, um, to find sort of find their style or to fall into what they're going to be. And I, that's no different with this, right? You, you start a show based or in the evil dead universe and you think it's going to be one thing, but then it turns into something else. And then you might not have even re really ever anticipated that. And it's better than you can imagine. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. The only red shirts in this show were the uh, deadites <laughs> and the Knights of Samaria. <laughs> oh yeah. That's no, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so anyways that's a that's a pretty good interview with her i'll i'll we'll get that link up for you if you want to check out the rest of it um and then i may have mentioned this before but speaking of dana everyone should go check out her twitter feed because there's some pretty good stuff on there she posts behind the scenes photos and information and recently there has been a bunch of tweets about her receiving that women in action award that we talked about last week. She went to the awards ceremony and there's a bunch of pictures of her there and she has the award and stuff like that. So if you're into that at all, I would, I would recommend checking out Dana's Twitter feed. It's I am Dana DiLorenzo on Twitter. So I letter, letter I M. letter M. Yeah. So check her out. She is, she's pretty active and pretty cool on there. If you want to follow what she's doing. <laughs> cool. And that'll do it for the news for now. <coughs> And for good, I guess. <laughs> for now and always. Okay, yeah. cool. Here we go with our listener feedback uh, uh, section. I had asked you guys on Facebook and Twitter to write in and let us know your thoughts about the show, the series, the podcast, you know, any final thoughts. And so this was going to be a longer listener feedback section than we've ever had before. First, we actually do have a few just about last week's episode, which was... Uh, what happened? The big demon came out of the ground at the end mm. and the dark ones and Ruby dying and all that rich. Want to start? 
Sure. We have uh, Laura South. She writes in, It was such a scary episode. The only funny thing was the Deadite cell phone, which was genius for sure. But so scary. Yeah, I enjoyed that Deadite cell phone a lot. And that was that's still, that whole sequence is one of my favorites on the whole show. <laughs> Uh, Megan Duke writes, I just wanted to say how much I love this episode. Not as much funny. I know that's been a discussion before, but I don't care. It was like a movie. I heard about the official cancellation, but I think they had a pretty good idea it was going to happen. That's why they shot this like a movie. It looked so good. Uh, they threw all their budget into these last couple of episodes to make it epic as shit. (laughs) And have you seen the trailer for the finale? It gave me chills. So sad it's over, but so pumped for the last episode. It's bittersweet. Yes, it is, Megan. Yes, it is. (laughs) Avelino Roshino says, My soul wept when I heard the news about Ash vs. Evil Dead being dropped. But at least this last season has been the perfect finish. This episode was another exciting one with a little more humor. Loved it. The fight between Brandy and her phone was classic Evil Dead with the angles and effects. Why does the tool shed at Ash's dad's house look exactly like the one at the cabin? (laughs) (laughs) Loved Ruby's death. Maybe Ash's dad built both. That's why. That's what I'm going to say. Loved Ruby's death, and I can't wait to see the Sniff series finale. (laughs) Sad face. (laughs) Yep. At Hit the Snake writes in, I think you guys missed in the latest episode when Ash said that the doorknob was sticky. After looking at the Nudie Lady magazine, <laughs> written by Hit the Snake. <laughs> he, he had to write in. I thought he said the floor was sticky, not the doorknob, but either way. Either way, something was sticky. Yeah. All right, yeah. we got a call from Steve Brown. Hey, guys, loving the podcast. I just uh, wanted to say a couple things about Judgment Day. Uh before the big finale and i'm sure i'll have something to say about that one um dalton's voiceover at the beginning of the episode you guys didn't mention that uh we can't get away from that guy hate him um (laughs) you didn't mention the the line where ash says that he doesn't get hangovers that was that was pretty good um and uh there was a lot more comedy in this episode than uh, than i remembered and i'm glad you guys pointed out some of it to me because i just thought it was all just dark but uh, um, one of the main things I think I've loved about this show over the last three seasons is the, the unlikely things that they have fight scenes with, like a magazine, a puppet, the car, and in this case, a cell phone. Anyway, I don't want to take too much time, so uh, loving the podcast. Uh, talk to you guys next week. Uh, this is Steve from Oklahoma. Oh, one more thing. I'm not going to lie. kind of glad you guys are stuck like us waiting for a week for the finale. <laughs> did we tell him uh, yeah, yeah wait that did yeah happen. yeah we were we were totally stuck <laughs> no yeah that w- the only cool thing about that would be that we would have gotten to get your guys feedback on the last episode which we won't but uh yeah they they ended up sticking it up there early so here we are friday night recording this yep thanks for your thoughts steve as always uh we got another scene reading from this time, Vincent Yanez. So here we go. Okay, look. If we get this done quick enough, we might have time to stop for churros. That's not a racist thing, Pablo. That's just a great dessert. You know I'm not Mexican, right? Yeah, that's the spirit. 
<laughs> God. That was great. That sounded like Steve Buscemi. Yeah, it did. <laughs> that's right. I think that's funny because I'm I don't know, but I would bet that Vincent Yanez is Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> Never know. What hey, gives you it know, away? That that reminded me of one thing I, I thought was great in this episode and didn't come up is when Ash drives the tank over Pablo's uh food and computer stand yeah <laughs> that that oh, felt yeah. like an ending to me you know the thing gets destroyed and it'll never come back <laughs> and he said sorry i think sorry pablo. he did yes <laughs> sorry pablo exactly <laughs> okay now we got some comments about the show ending i'm going to play a couple of calls first and then we'll read some emails so this first call is chris fuentes hey guys this chris from new york I love the show, and I'm going to miss you guys. I'm going to miss Ash vs. Evil Dead. And I'm just calling in to say that there were Ash vs. Freddy vs. Jason comics, like two volumes of them. They were pretty fun. And that I hope you guys get to see the Evil Dead musical and get to talk about it before this podcast is over. All right. See you guys on the flip side. If we see it, I don't think that's going to happen. What? Seeing it? We'll see it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of feel like we should come back and do like a top 10 for the series, but I don't want to commit to that because we don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't know if we're going to do it. Might be cool. Right. Anyway. Okay, man. Thank you for calling in. Let's see. We have one more. That's Jake Potter. Hey guys. Name's Jake Potter. Uh, huge fan of the evil dead movies. And I just wanted to say how, disappointing it is to hear that the show got canceled uh i love the podcast and love what you guys have done yeah and just can't really say how much of a bummer it is that it got canceled even though we all saw it coming so uh keep up the good work on the evil dead podcast uh last episode whatever you guys can do and uh keep up the good walking dead work on that podcast as well talk to you guys later bye Cool. Thanks, yep. dude. Thank you. Okay, now we got some messages and emails. Rima Joe, our friend Rima Joe writes in, I love this series and everything Evil Dead so much for how we had the mix of screwball comedy and horror. You didn't you didn't have to take it too seriously, but there was still great writing and jokes to be had. Despite being a girl, I love the dirty guy humor and the imaginative ways they gave us the gore. And you three. I love the easy relationship you have and your ability to make a listener feel like we are all in a room together talking about a show we love. I'm more comfortable with guy humor and you guys always left me cracking up and I will miss that as much as I miss watching the show. Thanks guys for doing this podcast and I'm sorry it's over for you because it's clear what big fans you are. It's something that brings a fandom together, mourning the awesomeness that's having to uh, the last goodbye. Cheers, fellas. Hashtag hail to the king. <laughs> oh. Very cool. Now oh, I'm nice. starting to get sad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hitting you. <laughs> oh. Okay. My turn. I think Megan Gushalak says, I'm really hoping that the podcast stays up so that fans catching up can still enjoy your episodes. Yeah. We'll leave it up for, for a while. I don't, at least, you know, I don't have any plans to take it down anytime soon. Mm. Thomas Chapman writes in, Ashes to ashes, sad face. The Evil Dead franchise has been one of my top favorites since like 8th grade. 
I used to buy Evil Dead stuff at Suncoast Video back in the day. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it was sweet. I even painted the Army of Darkness posters in high school. When I watched the first episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead, it felt like being home again after a long trip. The humor, the horror, the gallons and gallons of blood. Fast forward to the series finale, at least the penultimate series uh, episode, I still get the same feeling. Watching the Deadite Cam chasing Brandy last week was amazing. I'm going to miss the show immensely and will continue to wave my Evil Dead flag. Thanks to everyone involved in this podcast and all the others at Podcastica. After reading this, I sound like a weirdo, but it's cool. <laughs> no, it's it's extremely <laughs> cool, I think. You know? Paint, painting the Army of Darkness poster back in high school. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super cool. Very cool. All right. Tina Carreri writes, I don't know what makes me sadder, the TV show ending or this podcast ending. Maybe you can find other reasons to get together after the show ends. Maybe doing other Bruce Campbell rewatches? Huh? I was thinking that uh, because on our Walking Dead podcast, we keep going during the break and sometimes we watch horror movies. So during one of those, the three of us should get together and do something. Love it. Cool. I'm, on, I'm always I'm on down. board. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, Derek O'Neill says, I'm really sad to see the end of Ashford's Evil Dead. It paired so well with Walking Dead. Humor and horror in equal measure made me love the series. Yeah, because it, it, Walking Dead is so earnest and and uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead felt like dessert sometimes. I'm sad more of my friends that love the movies never got into watching Ash live. I looked forward to the Evil Dead cast each week, particularly the first two seasons as you recap the best comedy moments and couldn't stop laughing. Thanks for all the fun and laughter over the last three years. Yeah, that was one of the most Thanks, fun Derek. fun things about doing this, just getting together and having a good time, kind of just recapping what we loved of usually about it. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, the experiencing the jokes. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Uh, Phil Heights, this entire franchise has meant the absolute world to me. From a kid first catching Evil Dead to late night screenings of Army of Darkness, and now to share Ash vs. Evil Dead with friends and family, this has been amazing. As my emotions flood my senses, I am so grateful to the entire Evil Dead squad for keeping us riveted and in stitches for nearly 40 years. I am hopeful we have more to laugh, love, and share in the very near future. My throat has tightened and a wide array of memories flood my mind. I love this and live for this. Let's give them all one more moment as fans to know how much we really care. Hey, good looking. Get out of my jazz. I have also <laughs> loved your podcast. You guys did a hell of a job. You know. Thanks, man. Forget sending people to the, the Netflix page to request it. We just need to send this stuff to the producers. <laughs> yeah. And I be know. like, look, look at what people are saying about about Evil Dead and what this franchise means to them. How dare you take it away? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder, I, I'm pretty sure and I hope that they are getting a lot of feedback, but they just can't reconcile that with the low ratings, you know, yeah. that they know yeah. that the people who love it, love it a lot. I hope. Yeah, yeah they probably do. All right. Matthew Rep writes, Ash versus Evil Dead has been one of my favorite franchises since middle school. After decades of the fabled Evil Dead 4 not happening, I assumed the evil was dead. Then Stars came out with Ash vs. Evil Dead, and it was everything I had hoped for. 
watching one of my favorite characters adventures and then listening to your podcast was more than I could have asked for. I'm sad it's over, but it was all a hell of a ride. If you aren't ready to give up the pod quite yet, you can always talk about the various Evil Dead games, comics, or even the musical. Yeah. We got to see that musical, man. I know. I know. I do want to see it for sure. Do it if you can. Sit in the front I'm, row and get splattered. Yeah. I saw it years and years ago when it first debuted and it was fantastic. And, and, and I know it played here last year again, but I didn't have time to get to it. But if it comes around again, I'm going to definitely do my best to get there. But you guys should too. Totally. Christina Spinney says, I'll never forget having absolutely no plans on Halloween, hanging out at my parents' house and watching the premiere. It brought me so much joy. I didn't even care that I was a loser hanging out at their parents' house with no (laughs) Halloween plans. We'll miss you, Ash, plus ghost beaters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I really love, I've been meaning to say this, that, that it was such a dumb name, the ghost beaters, and it kind of disappeared but then it started to come back and then now ash just calls them the ghost beaters yeah i love that <laughs> i know it's so weird too it's like ghost busters why, why does that sound so much better than just ghost beaters it's weird <laughs> all right jason uh jokai he writes in i hope the show gets picked up by another network it's too good to just kick into the curb Yep, it sure is yep. jj i used to work with jj with jason so Oh, cool. I'm excited that he's listening. All right. Avelino Roshino writes, thank you, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell for bringing us the Evil Dead universe and Ash Williams. I've been a big fan since first seeing it in my parents' basement on our old VHS player back in the late 80s. After waiting 30 years for a sequel, I was not disappointed at all following the adventures of Ash, Pablo, and Kelly as they fought Ruby and her demons for three great seasons. This last episode is going to make me really sad, and the Evil Dead universe's tales will finally conclude, but I'm still thankful to have been a fan. You three have this hit you three have hit this out of the park with the Evil Dead cast as I enjoyed listening to you as much as watching each episode. Rich, please try to guest host on either Jason's or Chris's podcasts, as it would be nice to hear from you every once in a while. Thank you all. Oh no, I'm even sadder. Oh, it's so nice. Everybody's so nice. It's like there's a scale over Richard's head. It's just going down and down. Yeah. Thanks, Avelina. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I, I would love Rich Rich was on uh Walking Deadcast back early when we covered Evil Dead Two. I think that was the only time. Yeah. Gotta was... think of something else non Bruce Campbell related. Yeah. Two years ago, huh? <laughs> well Rich, you, you don't watch e- Walking Dead, right? I have not seen very many of them. I've seen maybe 10 episodes. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. At Hit the Snake is back. He says, Ash vs. Evil Dead has been a win for those of us with more interest beyond the cookie cutter, everything predictable shows. It was a pleasure to see the Evil Dead story continue with, and season three made the last 10 weeks of college more manageable for me as well. I owe my degree to Bruce Campbell. Wow. (laughs) That is, that is quite something. He should tweet that at Bruce and see what he has to say about it. (laughs) (laughs) Tarkus writes in love the show and always looked forward to your podcasts you always provided new insights into each episode gonna really miss it all cool and Ellis comic writes I enjoyed your coverage of the series almost as much as the series itself thanks for the recaps and the laughs at bring back boomsticks has been listening to the podcast since the evil dead one coverage Ashford's Evil Dead has been my favorite show for three years now, and it's irreplaceable. Agreed. 
Richard Lee Higgins writes, it's a truly sad day. What are they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> How could they possibly come to this conclusion? <laughs> All right. And I think finally here, Jessica Schmidt writes, hi, guys. Looks like I have no choice but to write in. It's now or never. I just wanted I just want to say that the original Evil Dead movies defined a lot in my life. My parents are horror hounds, and I was exposed at a young age. Growing up, my mom and I would rent a horror movie at least once a week. It was our bonding thing. I saw the Evil Dead movies when I was a kid. Not exactly sure when, but definitely younger than 10. Wow. I think the mix mixture of slapstick and gore is what captured my complete focus and admiration. Needless to say... These are my favorite movies and always have been. I'm a huge horror lover now, and it all started with Ash and the Deadites. Now I try to see everything Bruce is in. It's hard to get a hold of some of his work, and I read all of his books. And I'm definitely, or and I'm infinitely grateful that this show was ever made. Nothing makes me feel so happy and nostalgic the way this show has. It's like going into an emotional time machine and being able to experience something the way I did as a child, which is to say fresh and pure and completely enamored. I tried to listen to a couple of other Ash vs. Evil Dead podcasts after I finished the first season. As soon as it ended, I needed more. I had no one to talk to about it. That is until I was able to show it to my mom. She loves it, of course. And I was feeling empty. Or I was left feeling empty. The others I listened to sucked ass. And when I found you guys and felt instantly like I was hanging out with my new best friends, I just wanted to thank you for doing this and making me feel like I had someone to discuss my favorite show with. You have, uh, you have to be a special kind of person to appreciate this show fully. And I think that all of you are just that. Catch you on the flip-flop. <laughs> that was nice. That was very nice. Thank you, Jessica. That's wonderful. Thank you. And uh, boy, Evil Dead Before You're 10. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Jessica is a keeper. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks all you guys for writing in. Uh, yeah, that's it for listener feedback. Now it's time for next week on Ashford's Evil Dead. Rich, what do you got for us? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not a lot. Right. Yeah, it's a bit sparse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is our show. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, I just thought we need to say a little word about the podcast. I, I want to thank both of you guys. This podcast has been really special because, A, I get to do it with my friend Richard, who I've known since seventh grade, and we watched these movies when they first came out. And Chris, it was really fun to actually do a full-on podcast with you and get to know you better. And I thought it was a great team up with you guys. And... Also, it's been, I've d done like five or six or some odd number of podcasts. And this one was special because it was just fun. I laughed more than on anything else I've ever done. And it was kind of carefree. So it was a good experience. Yeah. I think the humor is what we all fell in love with. Same here. Thanks for inviting me to do this. It's been great. Uh, and Chris, it's been, yeah, it's been awesome getting to know you. Uh, I think we have a pretty good, uh, uh, rep rep repertoire together we, we seem to be able to talk pretty good together and uh, thanks again and I'd like to thank Bruce of course you know he's given us uh, 37 years of ash and couldn't have done it without him
No, we, we certainly couldn't have. Um, but I, I just echo that, Rich, what you said. I mean, it was, it was really fun getting to, to know you. And, and, you know, we got together in Atlanta last year, and that was really awesome. And, uh, yeah, Jason, man, this, this was a great idea. I'm glad you decided to do this, and I really appreciate that you, you asked me to come on and, and do it as well because I think podcasting with you has been super fun and, and cool. something we should have done a long time ago, really, I mean, when you think about it. But it's just been great, and as sad as this is sort of to come to an end here, um, you know, it was, it was so awesome. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. Rich, like you, you'd never done a podcast and now you have, and now it's over and you have nothing to show for it. Are you glad that you spent <laughs> your time doing this? <laughs> I am. You know, I was just thinking about that before we started. It's like I bought one of these, uh, what is this, a snowball, a, a blue yeah. snowball microphone. It was like 35 uh-huh. bucks. And that was it. I used my old earbuds to listen to it. And uh, $35 for three years of off- awesomeness is, I think, one of the best deals ever. <laughs> That's pretty good. There you go. Money well spent. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, I also want to thank uh, Jonathan and Derek at Daily Dead. They, they publish us each week on their website. If you haven't checked them out, you listening, you guys listening, I would do it. It's dailydead.com. They're a horror news site. They've got, you know, just pop culture horror news and interviews and features and things like that right at the alley of anyone who's in, into all this stuff. Um, yeah, I want to thank the others who have appeared on the podcast. Spencer, our friend Spencer was on a couple times, Karen and Rima Joe. And I think that's, those are the only guest hosts that we've had. Mm-hmm. And then we had Ariel Carver O'Neill, Ray Santiago, Dana DeLorenzo, Lucy Lawless, and the man himself, Bruce Campbell. So thanks to all those guys for playing a part. God, that is so cool. We practically had, we practically had everybody. I know. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah, I feel yeah, very happy about that. Uh, I also want to thank the listeners who have written in, and that is Laura, Steve, Jessica, John, Jamie, Mark, Tiffany, Derek, Avellino, Stuart, Santos, Steph, Scott, Mike, Terrence, Terry, Phil, Eric, Matthew, Elizabeth, Chris, Grippy, Bob, Susan, Vince, Megan, Tim, Michael, Gene, Jason, Rob, Shane, Anthony, Nick, Martha, Bianks, Justin, Jeff, Adam, Bernard, Tygia, Christian, Rena, Hoyt, Matt, Brian, Amy, Sally, Kobe, Leon, Paul, Thomas, Daryl, Tina, Katie, Patricia, and Mofevo. I think that I got them all, but if I miss anyone, I'm sorry. And also, just thanks to everybody else who was listening. That's why we did it. Because of you guys. Jesus, how did this thing get canceled? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you guys, uh, w- yeah, like I said... I want the three of us to do something at some point again. So at the very least, we'll go on a Walking Dead cast and cover some horror movie or something like that. But in the meantime, as always, uh, if you want to listen to me, you can go to Podcastica. And I'm on the Walking Dead cast. I'm on doing Westworld right now, Legion. And uh, oh, what was the other one? Oh, yeah, Ashford's Evil Dead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's one and more. Chris. <laughs> and you're at Talking Dead Podcast. Dot com, yeah, dot that's com that's where your... we can get all our episodes. We've just got to number three hundred and seventy-six, I think. So damn, still going strong. <laughs> wow, pretty cool. Yeah, they're funny. I, I recommend you check out Chris and he, his other co-host is also named Jason, and they're really fun and fun, funny and fun to listen to. Cool, thanks, man. All right, you guys feeling pretty groovy? Yeah, a little bit sad, <laughs> but groovy. 
Okay, I'm on three. Let's give it a groovy. One, two, three. Groovy. Sure, I could have stayed in the past. Could have even been king. But in my own way, I am king. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs>